Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. This is Dimity in Denver, not at a hellishly long, never-ending swim meet because I am at that point in the swim meet season where I'm like, can we not have another 100-meter IM? Just can we not? <laughs> I don't need to see another one. I don't need to cheer for my children. I just don't need it. Um, so we're wrapping it up. We got um, uh, a long invitation long invitational Monday and Tuesday, or no, I'm sorry, Friday and Saturday, like mm. you really care, but it's a two day thing. Mm. Um, and then Amelia, um, which bless her little backstroking heart qualified for state. Oh, awesome. By, by 0.01 second. No way. A hundredth of a second. Hundredth. <laughs> And you're like, oh, are you sure you got that right? Because I think she might not have touched really? with like, both hands. Were, both hands? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can we DQ that? Because that means a whole other week of swim team. And then um, and then the state meet, which is, you know, everybody from the state. So it's a little bit of a cluster. And then the other part that's hard, that's harder, a harder piece for me to deal with is Ben has not qualified for state. Oh. And so, and they do all that, you know, they take them out to breakfast, they get a t-shirt, they get a CD, mm. you know, it's a lot, it's really fun. And Ben has done that before. He's just had that experience. So, you know, I mean, it's obviously it's life and, and that's, it's a good learning lesson, but it's, you know, that's a delicate line to walk right, right. with a nine-year-old. And yes. I just feel like I just keep saying, okay, well, let's remember how you feel now, you know, and they didn't swim this winter. And I'm like, if you swim this winter and they're both um, you know, at the bottom of their age group. So, mm-hmm. you know, Ben's nine and the nine tens, Amelia's 11 and the 11, 12. So mm-hmm. that just makes it harder just through a year of growth. Right. So sure. even next year, sure I'm sure talent, he'll, yeah. he'll get there. But, um, yeah. anyway, so, so I keep casting forward to what we're doing at the, in early August, which is headed your way. Yes. All four of us, Sarah, the four, me and the, the tall Davises mm-hmm. are coming your way to see Portland and other parts of the Pacific Northwest in our country. So, I know. Have, have you clean? Uh, you know, have you cleaned up your house for us? Have you made our <laughs> menus? Have you, you know? Oh, I have been debating. I have been debating. I have been planning. I um, the other day I was um driving um down a street to uh, go to the refinery to take my bar class and saw the banner hanging over. It says that the Fremont Fair, the name of the street's Fremont, is on August 1st. I'm like, sweet! I, we love the Fremont Fair and Dimity's family will have just arrived. Oh, good! Yay. So, it's, so it's a street fair and oh, they have the best shave ice. Um, they, you know, <laughs> like trucks come and, and oh, they're so... Oh, that is so funny. Shaved ice. Now, isn't that basically just like an ice... Uh, what are those called? Ice cones? Why am I? Snow cones. Um, snow, snow cones. Oh, no. The, I mean. The, the, um, What's the difference between a snow cone um, and shaved ice? Oh, my. And I also believe it's shave ice. There's. I don't believe there's a D on it. And our oh, president okay. um, would be able to talk um, well to these. Uh, they are a Hawaiian specialty. And oh. they just the consistency of the shave ice it, itself. And these are high quality. And Alex, our producer, is nodding along like, yep, I've had a good one. And, so is it like passion fruit and mango? And is, oh, it, in a, and is it a snow cone type? It is in a, um, yes, a paper, a paper container. cone. Yes, pretty much. Okay. And But you get a spoon with it. And okay. um, then, and you can, I think, choose up to three flavors. But it's, for me, yes, it is the, it has unique flavors. But for me, it is the consistency of the shave ice itself it's it's um kind of light and um kind of ethereal on the tongue it just um it is not hard and crunchy like snow cone can kind of be like chewing like you know yeah. i don't know the stuff by the side of the road after the snow plow has gone by you know a day ago <laughs> and, uh, debris. Yeah, yes totally. and so I, uh, I, 
Yeah. <laughs> it is amazing. So, um, so even your um, children that sometimes um, don't like to try new things or can be a little oh. um, discerning, I think they will fall in oh. love with them. If there's dessert, if there's if it's a dessert, it could be classified in dessert, and then it has sugar as a main ingredient. <laughs> like they're not discerning when it comes to that. It's discerning when you know oh, okay. to have some vitamins in it or something. Oh, like that's that. so funny because then so then Jack and I got on this whole talk about this, um, you know, what we would do with the Davis family, and, and he's like, oh yeah, and we'll go to Noho's, which is kind of going on the Hawaiian theme. It's this place that serves Hawaiian food and, um, oh, they have Kahlua pork, you know, which is a type of, um, yeah, a cooking method of pork and all this stuff. And I'm like, nope, 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 nope. The Davis kids won't eat that. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> they like the, they like the pull apart buns that you get the Hawaiian. Oh, you know they do. I'm oh, okay. About. Oh, they serve those there. Okay, great. And maybe, do you think maybe they'd like the macaroni salad that comes along with it? Uh, probably not. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, so anyway, so like another place. So, yeah, but we awesome. we really love going on that. That's um, pretty much the only street fair that we regularly go to every year. And then the following day, I realize you all might have your own agenda for when you come to Portland, <laughs> and I will respect that. And and we will, you know, let you go off and do your own family thing. But was thinking on that Sunday that you're here that we head out to the coast, and the oh. the um town that we go to is called Manzanita and there is just the most magical um cove there and it's called Oswald West State Park and it is oh yeah and Alex giving the thumbs up it is it oh, is sweet. honestly like the land that time forgot and you expect to see fairies you have to walk on this um path or the trail of about half mile through old growth forest so you know big trees you know um uh, coniferous trees looming over you and sun, you know, sun coming through it and moss and ferns and, you know, very classic Pacific Northwest um, landscape that you have, you don't feel like you're super close to the ocean right there. And honestly, it is so magical. It seems like little fairies are going to come around and, you know, belight on your shoulder, you know, and, and then flitter oh, away. I love that. And, and they're like little, do they build little like leprechaun houses? That's what we used to do in the woods. You know, you oh, build the, little, you can definitely, you know, because I mean, tiny little ones that mm-hmm, you can definitely do, particularly in the kind of the um, roots, uh, the above the ground roots of trees. Yeah. You can, oh, you could definitely do houses like that. And so then you get there and it is just, oh, it's so beautiful. And uh, we had never been before last year. And it's, it's, it's just, it's enchanted. I mean, it's. And, and now it's become a Shea hotspot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A Carney hotspot. Yeah. So then, uh, so then, uh, and I also, as I said to Jack, I said, Yes, it is definitely not Colorado. Like it is, you know, it, it's oh. the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fact that you can build a moss house means it's not Colorado. Yeah. I mean, it's not dusty and dry and arid. <laughs> right. Um, those those two things sound great. I mean, I'll have to pass it. You know, we're a democracy in our house. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the time. Um, so we'll have to pass it by everyone. But I I love all those ideas. And then we're going to record a podcast together, right? We are. We are down here in the room that you and Grant will be sleeping in. <laughs> no, no. Actually, we have a place to stay. I told you that, didn't I? I wasn't we're, sure. We're, it was, I wasn't sure, and I kept thinking, how do I ask that without sounding like I want the answer to be one way or the other? <laughs> Are you staying with us? Can you? Yeah, no, we're airbnb it the whole way, which is the first oh. time we've ever done that. So oh. we're, um, I'll be a little, we'll be a little experiment. We're staying um, at Airbnb in Portland, in Seattle, Missoula, oh. uh, Montana, and then we're doing um, two nights in the park at Yellowstone at oh. two different places. Uh-huh. And then um, our, our splurge, although this whole trip is kind of a splurge, is... Um, we're going to stay one night in Jackson, which trying to find a cheap oh, place yeah. to stay in Jackson right. in yeah, August is one. like, you know, may as well try to find, you know, a cheap pair of jeans at, you know, Neiman Marcus. So, um, so one night there and then we're heading home. So we're driving. Yeah. So, um, so yes, yeah, so you do not have to, um, 
you know, clean off your, clean out your bathroom of hairs and all those kind of things. But, um, but you know, we, we look forward to spending time together. Oh, good. Yeah. And well, so you'll need to uh, tell me the address of the Airbnb to see if it's close to us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I will get that. Has and, that right and I think we will, uh, because I've already, we'll have to take two vehicles out to the coast, which, you know, oh. kind of kills my <laughs> green spirit. But, um, I was like, oh, unless not everybody wants to go, but I, I can't imagine, um, people wouldn't want to go. Oh, I think we want to go. Yeah. yeah. And the, the, um, and I'll, uh, throw this out there just cause it's kind of fun, but Grant, my husband reviews cars mm-hmm. for, um, part of, he's a writer slash editor as well. And so we get to drive, he's driving, new honda pilot we get to drive the new honda pilot so it'll be totally loaded with like you know sunroof and heated seats and dvd screens and you know all the things serious fm and serious yeah all the things that my 2006 honda mini honda odyssey doesn't have so so it'll be fun so that that alone is a good so he's driving out and then the four of us are driving back together wow oh okay i didn't know so it's just the three of you then flying in on the morning of the first the three of us flying in but he'll be driving in but Mm -hmm. yeah he's he likes to drive it's Mm -hmm. not a uh it's and I do not like to drive. I mean, this this road trip. Um, we'll see how I feel after it. But um, <laughs> as long as you always get the front of, seat. A lot of contained family time. We'll see how that goes. Uh-huh. Um, okay. But anyway, but before I head there, um, we are going to have an awesome guest on our show. It's Miss Amy Blake, who you know as our AMR and Saucony hashtag AMR and Saucony. Mm-hmm. She was chosen um, at the beginning of the year from amazing, amazing entries. Um, And she is the mother of three young ones. Her oldest just turned six and her youngest is eight months old. She lives in the UP of Michigan. Um, Her blog is amyupnorth.com. She also writes on our site once a month. She's currently training for the Twin Cities Marathon. And then after that, she's going to take on the Fall Back Blast, her first 50K, um, a trail run in Wisconsin. Um, and I got to say, we, I mean, we reviewed those entries again and again and again, but, um, what tipped in Amy's favor or which mm-hmm. we liked was her badass credential was that she plays hockey and she mm-hmm. even played hockey. Like after Clara, her youngest, I want to say like eight weeks. I mean, she was out oh, there and I just love that. Um, you know, I love that women play hockey and then I love that moms play hockey. That's even better. So yeah. 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 Ice hockey we're talking about because this is the UP. Of course, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, 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 no field hockey. Well, there it's is like, field hockey. I just, I was, I've been looking at the body issue of ESPN, the magazine, and they, oh, they feature okay. a, f- a field hockey player in there. So just, you know, for people who, you know, the, for the East Coasters out there, they might have been thinking field hockey. So no, this is ice. This is ice all the way. You betcha, <laughs> Detroit Red Wings, go. <laughs> so we are delighted to have Miss Amy Blake here, um, in person or as close to in person as we get around this AMR podcast. Um, so, Amy, first things first, you moved to the UP, which is the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, quote unquote, for a few months at most. A decade later, you're still there. So so what's the story there? Yeah, um, I thought originally um, it was just going to be a summer kind of fun, long vacation. I was working from home and could go anywhere I wanted. So um, one of my running friends, uh, she said, oh, you know, there's this place uh, um, in the UP, you'd love it, you should go try it out. And, and, I, and I got here and it was beautiful, although it was snowing when I, when I got here in May. <laughs> uh, Early driving, warning signal. <laughs> yeah, dri- driving over the Ambassador Bridge uh, from the lower part of Michigan and it was snowing as soon as I got to the other side and <laughs> thought, well, okay, you know, it's all right, it, it, it could get better. Um, and thought, oh, this is great. But after about a week, I started to get a little lonely and uh, actually started 
looking for a new place to live. Um, but about a week later, I met some people uh, and decided it wasn't so bad. And I don't know, a little while after that, I met the guy who ended up uh, being my husband. So, um, so yeah, I guess you could say he played a big part in me sticking around. So right there. That, that's the story, huh? It's, all, it's a man. It's always a yeah. man. Well, you know, this, <laughs> well, this is also, a. I mean, it's just a beautiful place to live too. And if you like being outdoors, uh, I have like four really awesome trail systems really close to where I live. Um, you know, Lake Superior, uh, it's, I mean, it's really a, it's a nice place. They like to say um, here that we live where you vacation. So, um, and, and it's, and it's true. So yeah. it's, it's, yeah, I, I like it here. <laughs> and how, how, um, oppressive are the winters? I mean, be honest, if it's snowing in May, that's, that's significant. Yeah. Uh, you know, the winter, surprisingly, it doesn't get as bitter cold here as like you'd get maybe in Minnesota, you know, where, where you're from. Um, but the snow, yeah, we, we get a lot. I think last year we had about 260 inches. Um, no, wait, is it inches or feet? Feet. Oh, stop. stop. Yeah, no, it'd be two, 260 feet. That's a lot. 260 Must inches. Be inches. Well, yeah, it has. Inches. To be. That's like 10 feet or, you know, a little like 10, a little over 10. Okay, feet, right? well, maybe it's, it feels like feet. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we get a lot of snow and it starts, you know, usually around the first of November or first week or so. And um, there are months like, December through maybe February where it just feels like it snows every day and um, finally melts out of our front yard usually about the end of April. So it's here for a long time, which that's that's the part that I have the hardest time with is just how long it's here when, when everyone else is, you know, talking about flowers and uh, spring and you're looking at snow banks that are still taller, you know, than you are. It's... Um, that can get a little disheartening in in the spring when Easter is <laughs> Easter is <laughs> you're hiding, your, hiding your jelly beans in a snowbank for the Easter egg hunt. Yeah. And um, yeah. just so you know, I just did the math. So it's actually more like 20 feet. So yes, excuse my oh. really poor math, but it's more like 20 feet. So that well, sounds about right. But it also doesn't melt. That's the thing, right? I mean, I, I was on your blog a little bit earlier. And I mean, these snowbanks are obviously taller than you, which is not hard to do. Just kidding, true. but kind of true. <laughs> but I mean, but they just never go away, right? I mean, that's that's the problem. Yeah, they... I mean, they just become these huge concrete-like masses that sit there and you've, you know, you wait for warmer weather or rain or, um, you know, for them to start uh, going down. And we have these giant snow dumping areas where all the trucks will, you know, take snow and push it there. And I mean, that, I, I could probably drive by one right now and there would still be remnants of snow you know, mounds still in the corners of those. So well, as, um, it's kind of amazing. As we record this, um, uh, just today I read that the huge snow mound in Boston, finally, that was, I guess, covered in a lot of debris, uh, finally melted. So um, it's not just in the UP that that happens. But I'm hoping that maybe, you know, women are on listening to this on a hot run and all this talk of snow is keeping them a little cool. That's the yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so talk about your running background, Amy. Uh, when and why did you start running? Uh, well, I was 
always uh, playing sports uh, growing up, um, and I never ran just as my primary activity. In fact, I didn't really like it very much at all and um, had a few coaches who made a point of telling me that I really wasn't very fast. So when you're young and, and people tell you that, you think, well, I'm, I'm not a runner. And, and I had friends who were runners, and I sure didn't look like them, and they seemed to enjoy it, and that wasn't me. But um, my father was a runner, and we would run every once in a while together, and I, I knew he ran races. And, and that was about it, though, when I was young. I didn't really understand the appeal of going out and just running. Um, and then when I got into college and, you know, there were no more team sports after high school, um, I ran a little bit, but it was mostly just in kind of fits of, you know, oh, I want to lose weight or, you know, try to get in shape. So I'd do it for a while and then I'd stop. And, um, and then uh, about 11 years ago, I got talked into my first marathon by a friend of mine who was, who was definitely a runner. Um, and, uh, it was, I was kind of going through a rough personal time and, uh, she talked me into the Chicago marathon. So I had run a couple races leading up to then, um, maybe been running for about a year, done some 10 Ks and five Ks and, but actually didn't know really what a marathon was. I knew it was far, and um, I knew I knew I'd have to. That's I true. knew it was far. That, yeah. that, that's a quote. A marathon. You I know, know it's far. I, I never asked anybody how far. Well, I wasn't one of those people who you know asked ten times how how far is this marathon you're running. So I knew it was a specific distance, but that's about all I knew. So uh, I knew I'd have to you know run a lot and train. So she helped me pick out a training plan and. Um, kind of slogged through that through a really hot summer down in Detroit. And um, wait, I have to ask. So when before the race did you find out how long a marathon is? Please tell me it was before um, you towed it, the line. It was it was before I signed up. After we left the bar where she had talked oh. me into. <laughs> oh, I see. There's alcohol involved here. <laughs> there, there, there was a little bit of alcohol involved, if I remember correctly. So. Um, but, it was that yeah. weird space where you're like, I'm committing, but what am I committing to? <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah, you're you're feeling good. Back, and... Yeah, you're feeling good. A yeah. couple beers in, sure, I can run, you know, a very far away. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. So what, what year was that, Amy? That was 2004. 2004, okay. And so, so how many marathons? Right, sorry. Pre-kids, oh, this... yeah, it was pre-kids, right? Oh, this is definitely pre-kids, Yeah. <laughs> And so how many marathon finish lines have you crossed since then, since that first Chicago marathon? Uh, wow, I think, I think if I remember this, this one this fall, um, Twin Cities will be 10 if I, if when I cross, I mean, not if, when I cross. I, I have had a DNF in the past, and um, there were a few years that I didn't run because of timing of babies and such, but... Um, yeah, I think this will be the 10th one I finish. You think? Wow. So you're like, <laughs> you're keeping track. You're, you're a real numbers person. You're kind of like me. You're like, maybe I've run. Yeah. No, know. I am not a numbers person. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I want to hear about the DNF. Tell us uh, briefly about that. Uh, that was Twin Cities in 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found out I was pregnant a couple weeks before. Four, no, maybe it was about a month before. 
uh, and had trained all summer leading up to that point um, and thought, well, you know, should I give it a shot? Because um, I had run in 2008. Um, I was seven weeks pregnant and didn't know it, and I felt terrible afterward. Couldn't figure out how I was sick, and yeah, well, that was that. Um, so, so this time I thought, well, you know, I, I could probably get through it, but the month leading up, I was really sick and didn't put any long runs, I think, the whole month leading up, um, and was about 11 weeks at that time. Um, so I, I gave it a shot. I made it 17 and a half miles before the bus very, um, graciously, uh, <laughs> picked me up and took me to the finish. But, um, and, and I was done. I, I, I'd like to say if they would have let me walk the rest of the way in, I could have done it, but I was, I mean, I was pretty wrecked. So, um, uh, I think that sounds like a good choice, yeah. a good choice. No, no, uh, reason to regret that, but the marathon distance, I mean, I remember when we were talking about you and, um, being the AMR in Saucony, you were saying that the marathon distance is kind of your favorite, isn't it? I think it's my favorite just because it's a challenge, you know, it's just such a challenge for, for anybody, even, you know, even elite marathoners at some point, it, gets hard for everyone. And I like, I like that accomplishment. Um, I, I can't say running 26.2 miles is my favorite distance because it does get kind of awful at the end sometimes, <laughs> but, um, but I, I, I guess I, I like it. It's, uh, I like the training. I really enjoy the summer training. Um, Michigan is a, actually a good place to train for a fall race because the weather is fairly moderate most of the time. And, um, and I'm a goal oriented person, so it helps to have something to work toward. Um, but with marathon training, I feel pretty good at the end. Like the race is the reward or kind of the bonus of making it through, you know, the, the training is the hard part, sticking with all the, the workouts and, the scheduling and everything like that. Sure. And so the, the greater leap, the bigger the exhilaration, right? The greater the distance, you know, that's, yeah. that's very cool. That's very cool. Yeah. And, and I have to ask, so uh, do, do you only do fall races then because of the weather? I have or fall marathons, I should say. Yeah. I have generally stuck to just the one marathon in the fall. One year, um, my husband and I decided to try grandma's in June, and we were undertrained, and it was a disaster. And um, it, it's hard; it's not impossible to train long up here in the winter, but it takes a lot of extra <laughs> commitment, and uh, you know, and layers of clothes, I imagine too. Right? Yeah, and being willing to maybe hop on a treadmill for a really long time sometimes, and yeah, running out in snow and ice. And, um, so yeah, it's not my, it's not my favorite, but, um, it, it can be done. So. Sure. Well, so you talked about running, um, a little bit through your pregnancies, maybe unknowingly the first time and then the second time, I mean, you still ran 17 and a half miles. Um, but did, did you run through, you have three kids. Did you run through all your pregnancies? Some of them, none of them just talk a little bit about that. Uh, the first one I didn't run at all. I, uh, from the moment I found out, I kind of freaked out about it and spent the next, you know, 40 weeks kind of freaking out ab about it. <laughs> <laughs> A long freak out. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, 
I did not run or do much exercise at all for the first one. Yeah. The second, I didn't run. Um, I tried to walk. Um, I ended up having a weird placenta placement, and the doctor was a little nervous that, you know, there was going to be a, um, a, I guess, a, I don't say hemorrhage, but, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. That there would be a problem. So she wanted me to take it easy. Um, and then with this last pregnancy, um, I had a pretty good base going in and was able to run at least, you know, a couple or jog or I guess slow trot for the, for up to 29 weeks, I think is when I stopped. And, but by then it was, it just wasn't even pleasant anymore. I mean, I was getting out for just some mental relief, but physically it was not enjoyable. So, and, and the doctor, um, I'd had a few little scares with, um, you know, contractions and early labor and just said, yeah, you should take it easy. So that was when I decided to put the running shoes away for the rest of the pregnancy. But, but I, um, am glad I did. It was, uh, it was nice to be able to get out and, you know, there were definitely days where running was the only thing that made me feel kind of like a, (laughs) A, a still a person, um, mm-hmm. human. Yeah. So, um, normal. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And did you I, find I, that it was easier to get back? Cause that was with Clara, right? Your youngest. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was a little worried about how the recovery would be because this pregnancy was physically felt the most uncomfortable and the toughest and, um, and after, and the labor was the hardest. Hmm. Um, but, um, you know, I was talking to Coach Christine at the AMR retreat in Little Rock, and she basically said, you know, you'll be surprised at, you know, how your body comes back. It it won't be, I mean, you'll be coming back from a layoff, but, you know, your your body will come back quicker than you think. And I don't think I really believed her, but um, <laughs> but, but I think that that ended up being the case. It took a, it took a while. I mean, I didn't feel normal maybe for until month five or six, but then I started to feel actually pretty good on runs again. And, um, and now I, I'm surprised at how good I feel. Um, I, Clara will be eight months old, um, this week. So, um, which you now maybe eight months seems like a long time to some people, but I, I think it's about right. It, Mm -hmm. Uh, no, it doesn't feel like, I mean, you know, nine months in, nine months out, you know, Mm -hmm. for the most part. Mm -hmm. So that's the fact that you're even training for a marathon right now is pretty badass if you're asking me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, so let's talk about this round of marathon training. Uh, you're following the AMR hashtag find your strong marathon plan, which has been different than the previous ones that you followed for a variety of reasons. So, so talk us through a little bit about how training is going for Twin Cities. Uh, it's going a lot better than I anticipated it would, which, I mean, not to be a downer, but I was a little nervous going in, and it, like like you said, it was a new plan. Um, the, the mileage was, you know, generally the same um, what I'm used to, but the workouts were a lot different. Um, so I've, uh, I've liked it because it's been interesting. It's been something new, and um, isn't the same old thing. And, 
Um, I don't get too far ahead. I don't want to kind of spoil the surprise of what's coming up. Uh, <laughs> That's a very good call. Do not turn the page yeah. until it's time to turn and the page. I, I just take it, you know, week by week and uh, sometimes email by email every couple of days to see what's coming up. But um, yeah, it's going well. I, I've been able to actually do all of the workouts, which I'm pretty happy about. And my body is cooperating and um, yeah, so it's, Sweet. it's going really well. Well, so, um, so yeah, so I was reading your blog prior to us um, talking today. Um, and so there was a couple of different things that you've kind of called out and I wanted to talk about them because I think they're interesting um, just by themselves. And then I also think that people really um, respond to them. So the first is that, that you're doing, you're training by heart rate. Um, and you wrote this, I think on our um, like private Facebook page for the marathon challenge after a long run. <clears throat> it's a little long, but I wanted to read it because it, it says so much and um so I'll read it and then we can talk about it. Um, this is coming from you, Amy. I have to admit I am becoming a big fan of heart rate training. I bought heart rate monitor, heart heart monitor training for the complete idiot by John Gardner. I did a max heart rate test as best I could, and I've been trying to stay within the prescribed limits. It's not easy all the time. Sometimes I feel like I should be moving faster or the little voices in my head start telling me I should be trying to match my pre-pregnancy paces, which are a little faster. But in reality, it's only taking me a few more minutes to finish most runs. And let's be real, I'm no elite athlete. <laughs> Does it really matter if I run a 10:30 mile or an 11-minute mile? It just made me laugh. I, I, not, not that that's a great paces, but it just made me laugh. Let's be real, I'm no elite athlete. Um, but the, possibly the biggest benefit I'm seeing is that I feel so good in between runs. I'm not completely wrecked after long runs, and my easy runs are truly easy. I feel like I'm actually giving my body time to recover so that I can hit the harder workouts as intended. I just finished 15.75 um, miles in weather that is about 20 degrees warmer than what I'm accustomed to. Me would be wrecked and hating life right now. But by golly, <laughs> I feel pretty darn great. <laughs> I can tell I worked hard, but I'm still functional. And since my husband is about to take off for four days and to leave me to solo parent our three kids, functional is necessary. Um, and I just think that there's so many good things in there that, you know, you're, you are thinking about um, your training in a different way. And I want to talk about the heart rate training. And then also just kind of having a different perspective, like, hey, I'm coming back for my third kid. And the fact that you feel so good after almost 16 miles, I mean, I have to say I've never experienced that. So... Tell us what kind of led you to try heart rate training and, and just talk a little bit about it. Well, um, I, I have worn a heart rate monitor for a long time. Like I, I was trying to think of when I first started wearing one, and I think it's been almost nine or ten years. Wow. Um, but, you know, I think it, it, was, it was a gadget. It was more numbers that, you know, showed up in a sheet or on a website and I really didn't know what to do with them. I mean, I knew I would kind of see certain heart rates pop up and think, yeah, I'm working a little harder or, uh, or not. But, but that's about all I knew. I, I didn't know what was easy and what was hard. And so it really wasn't very useful. It was just something else strapped to me that was, you know, one more thing to chafe at the end of, you know, a run. Um, and, and somebody, uh, I think it was uh, Christine Hinton was talking about heart uh, rate training. And, um, and it's something I'd heard of, but, you know, so I thought, well, you know, let's 
let's check it out. I, I picked up that book, and, and the author, I, I have to correct myself, it's John Parker Jr., not Gardner. I don't know where oh. that came from. But, Sorry, um, no, I pulled that off your website, I think. Yeah, that, that was my, my mistake. Um, but so I, somebody had suggested that book. I, I picked it up. I, I read it. It was a pretty quick read. Um, it told you how to, you know, find your uh, max and um, what Which is a hard exercise, right? How do you find your max? You have to go yeah. to the track and basically blow yourself up, right? I, there was a track. Um, he, he mentioned the track. The, the one I ended up doing um, was hill repeats. Ooh. And yeah, it was, it was awful. I, (laughs) 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 it was terrible. Um, and, but I think I'm, you know, if I'm not right on, I'm, I'm pretty close. And I think he said there's a margin of error of, you know, five beats per minute or something. But, um, but when I run within those limits that he, you know, kind of suggests um of easy and then there's so easy i think is 70 percent a recovery kind of rate and um tempo i think is 85 if i remember correctly um if if i run at what is supposed to be easy i i mean it does it feels well it feels too easy which i think means that i'm doing the right thing um because easy before for me was while it wasn't kill yourself it wasn't as easy as it should have been so um, you spend you spend a lot of your time under seventy percent, including your long runs, right? So I mean, you end up, yeah, not conserving energy necessarily, but not burning. Like I, the, I have never done yeah. this, and I feel yeah. like at the end of the long run, I'm so ready to like. You're like, oh, okay, one more mile, and then I'll be finally done. You know? Well, where- and, I, and I'm kind of generalizing, and and obviously not an expert in paraphrasing here, but um, basically that when you run easier you don't tap into the glycogen stores um, too early so that you have some left for, you know, when you're running, say, longer than two hours or for those longer efforts, which I think a lot of times when we run too hard and we don't realize it, then we tap into them too early and then wonder why we're completely spent, you know, at the end. So so I kind of see it as, you know, yeah, training my body to not dip into those too soon so that maybe I'll have more success, uh, especially with, you know, with the marathon being such a long time being out there since I'm, you know, clearly not finishing in a couple hours, I'm, I'm going to be out there all morning. So, um, but it's, it's been, it's been an interesting experiment and I'm, you know, still, still doing it. And I don't know if I can say I've seen huge, like, improvements in speed or anything yet and I guess those are supposed to happen but quite honestly if I if I stayed at where I am right now forever but was able to run forever I mean because I feel so good and I'm not overtaxing myself I I mean I'm I'm happy I'm happy with that yeah well and being functional I mean as you pointed out in your pretty darn great gall dang it um comment i mean that's so important for us mother runners it's you know because we're not elite runners in many regards and that we you know we don't can't take a nap from 11 until 1 after our morning run and then you know have wake up and there's a nutritious balanced lunch waiting for us and you know have a masseuse coming in or you know, an hour later. So it's so important to be able to, to just come back, take that shower, you know, get some recovery fluid and food into you and, and boom, you're on, you're on the clock again. 
Yep, that's and that's how it is, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, so it also sounds like you've switched perspective in a, in a few other ways. On your blog, you wrote about how you used to run and now you're training. So, can you tell us a little bit about that shift, that paradigm shift? Like train. Uh, I'm I'm trying to remember when I said this or um, train like training for. <laughs> <laughs> you were lying. <laughs> you were just filling some space. <laughs> Gosh, um, I don't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. So uh... I, know, I know, eight months later. No, I mean you. I mean you talked about it even today, just now. Like how you know you're going, you're going and doing different workouts, and they have workouts with a purpose. And I mean, oh, what you wrote yeah. on the blog more or less was, you know, if there was three miles on the on the schedule, I would run for three miles. If I felt like running hard, I'd run hard. If I felt like running easy, I'd run easy. But now, you know, with this training plan and um, there are certain things like you hit negative splits, you do tempos, you do, you know, miles at race pace during your long runs. I mean, so it's more of a, a targeted focused plan. Um, so I guess, yeah, just talk about if you like that and what that feels like versus just, you know, going. I, oh yeah, I remember this now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, I do, I do like it. I, I like having a plan and I mean, maybe I just like sometimes people telling me what to do, at least for running. I, you know, the, the coaching, <laughs> um, yeah, not in the rest of my life, but, um, with running, I'm fine with somebody telling me what to do. Um, the, yeah, before, especially with, the um, old marathon training plans, I, I use a lot of it was just, yep, go out and run. Yeah. Run kind of casually run easy or, um, there weren't a lot of specific workouts and, um, again, not really knowing, um, based on heart rate, if I was really going easy or going maybe not so easy, um, it was just, okay, well, what do I feel like today? Okay. I'll go out and maybe I'll feel like running a little faster and, or maybe it'll be hot and maybe I'll just decide, you know, to not run fast or, I mean, for me, um, it's, nice to have, um, like I said, specific instructions on, okay, go do this, um, you know, aim for this pace or this effort. Um, it makes it more interesting, um, than just going out and, you know, ticking, you know, three or four miles, you know, off. Um, so I, I do like it. I, I really like the, the plan that, uh, Christine, uh, has scheduled, you know, has made up for, for this, uh, group a lot. I would yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's definitely kept it interesting, which I think is, is so key, especially when you have to run a lot of miles, um, you know, yeah. that's what you have to do in your marathon training, but it reminds me of what we talked about in the introduction of, of train like a mother where, you know, um, there's nothing wrong with going and running. I mean, that's what I'm doing right now, but when you train, like every workout has a purpose and it feels a little bit more like you're like, okay, I'm on my path to marathon, you know, mm -hmm. and not, you were on a path to marathon before for sure. And obviously you've done it well, but I don't know. There's just something about it that feels a little bit more deliberate, a little bit more like ambitious. And, um, and it is more, I just think it's more entertaining. I mean, people are always like, oh, I don't want to do intervals. And I'm like, you know how quickly that workout goes versus, you know, say you cover four miles in an interval workout versus four miles of just four miles of running mm -hmm. like that four miles of interval workout is feels like, you know, two and a half, you know, where four miles of straight up running feels like four and a half. Sometimes, you know, there's something yeah. when you keep your mind occupied and you have to think about your paces and really tune into your body. That is, I don't know. It just brings a different level. Don't you think Sarah? It is. It's almost like when you have a 
a playlist that has a bunch of songs on it versus, you know, just having, to me, having silence, that, that there's there's breakups, natural breakups, in you know, so there are just delineations between different periods of time. So it's like, oh, okay, you know, oh, wow, I can't believe it. I've been writing for 10 songs instead of just like, oh, yeah, a whole bunch of time has passed. And so it just, just breaks things up. I also think being on a training plan, I just love the sense of accomplishment and the checking off that box and thinking, uh-huh, yep, I did that workout. And it just, yeah. it just yeah. really gives such confidence and you know, kind of when you're feeling um, nervous, I know before a race, you know, you think you, I always reflect back on hard workouts that I did and the accomplishment of, of, you know, finishing those and thinking, okay, those are in my bank. Like my body knows those, they did them. They're going to serve me well. And oftentimes even in a race we'll be like, okay, remember when, you know, those 10 hill repeats or that, you know, that race pace during that long run, something like that. It just gives such um, a, a boost mentally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, and then, you know, when you do turn the page, Amy, on the next training page, you know, so when you see, you know, 19 mile run, you kind of get a little nauseous in your stomach. Well, throw up in your mouth, whatever it happens to be. Um, <laughs> you know, you look back and you can turn it back and say, oh my gosh, but I knocked off 16 with, you know, five at mid race pace or whatever it happens to be. But there is that, you know, that nice um, kind of connection between getting workouts, getting harder, and then just being able to nail the race, which is cool. Yeah. Or, or looking yeah. back and thinking, okay, yeah, I did 15.75 miles that day. Cause, uh, I know. <laughs> exactly. Right. And then that was functional. Um, and so the yeah. other thing that you did, which I really, I, you know, as a writer really, um, was like, Oh, sweet. Um, but you bought a believe I am journal. Do you remember purchasing this item, Amy? <laughs> I, I do remember. I, I do. That sounds like we're in court. Uh, yeah. exhibit a, the believe I am journal by Lauren <laughs> <Yeah>. Fleshman. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, and writing things down and, and you said, you know, you used to write down things down more, but then obviously, you know, the whole world has gone you know, social and digital and iPhone and all that stuff. But um, how and how, why and how does that affect your running? And I'm curious, can you get to it nightly? Because I've tried to do that and holy cow, just do not have that discipline to write down everything nightly. So, so curious to just have you talk a little bit about how that influences your running. I have tried to not wait until the evening just because it's, that's not a great time for me to sit down and try to do that. So if I, if I have a few minutes after my run, you know, after I've, if I'm sitting down drinking my chocolate milk or, you know, uh, or sipping my noon or anything like that, I, I try to take a few minutes and, and just make some notes. Um, maybe I'll pull up the, you know, the Strava page and look and kind of see how I did pace wise. Cause I, I like to write down the paces, even even though I don't know how, if they're really that important. But um, I like to do it. So, um, and I've found that it does make me think a lot more about you know how I was feeling, and you know not just saying oh well you know it was a good run or I felt great you know what what was great about it or you know was I able to hit those paces I was supposed to or and how did that you know how did I feel. Um, what, what was the weather like? Um, because I, I always forget, I mean, I should just have a weather, um, running clothing journal because, you know, I look up the weather in the morning when I get out of bed and okay, well, it's uh, 45 degrees today. Um, what, what should I wear? And I, and I don't know, I think, well, maybe I should wear this or maybe I need long sleeves or capris or pants. So I just need a, 
a clothing journal. You need a but... chart. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 45 degrees something. in the UP means I'm wearing this and this. Yeah. 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 But, but no, it, it's, it's made me be more thoughtful and I'm, I'm hoping that this helps me with my race because I've realized that um, my biggest problem or one of my or at least one of the bigger problems I have is mentally when I go into these races um, or even, you know, sometimes the long runs in the past, you know, I'm defeating myself before I even start because I'm thinking, oh, you know, it's going to be awful. I always fall apart, you know, at mile 13 or, um, oh, it's going to be hot. And so um, even the marathons when I've gone in and thought, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I did all the running and I'm ready to go. And I have a complete meltdown, you know, at mile 18, um, I'm not mentally ready at all. So um, I'm, I'm hoping the journal, you know, helps me to, like I said, be more thoughtful and um, be able to, you know, think back to, yeah, you know, the, the really good workouts and um, the specific workouts. So it's not just, oh, yeah, I, you know, I ran a 20 miler or I ran an 18 miler, but that, you know, oh, it felt really good. And, you know, I did these things mentally at this point to um, get through some of the pain or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a, I, I'm glad I picked it up. I'm, I'm enjoying it. And, you know, and there's a lot of other stuff in there, um, not just the log for, you know, writing down the workouts, but, you know, the, um, the tips and um, whatnot that, that are in the book. So yeah. It's, yeah, it's, no, I, I think it's a really well done book. I love the leather cover. I definitely like, yeah, I just feel like, yeah, like, it adds, yeah. like even when you've got a craft run at least you're putting in a book. That oh yeah. Really oh yeah. And I, and I love red and, and I'm a sucker for a really nice, pretty journal too. So, uh, nice. so yeah. Nice. So, so you mentioned needing a weather clothing chart. Um, so I want to know, we want to know what's your favorite piece of Saucony gear, both shoes and apparel. You... Oh, that's an easy, that's easy. Um, <laughs> those bullet capris, I love them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even, even on the days when I think, oh, it's a little warm because I just cannot give up those pockets on the side. Cause right. they're, uh, they're right. Great. Right. T- tell people a little bit about them, that they have those slanted pockets on the, um, the outer side of the thighs and that they are nice and roomy for st- stashing lots of goo. I-, I put my iPhone six in mine. I mean, they, they can mm-hmm. accommodate a lot of stuff. Yeah, I, I carry my I carry my phone. I mean, I carry my phone anyway, just for safety. But um, and I've started listening to podcasts and music again, which I never used to do. So the the pocket, yeah, it's good for the phone. Um, I put my um, goose or chomps or whatever in the other pocket, or you know, I can stuff some Kleenex in a in the zippered pocket on the back. Mm-hmm. Um, and that nice you know, they, waistband that I find. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how tummy. they. Yeah, I don't know how they, you know, land on everybody, but on me, the, that waistband comes up, you know, kind of high. So that's very flattering. <laughs> yes, I, I like that, too. It is. It's, and it's wide. So it and it and it's a, a slightly heavier. Well, I guess maybe it's just that it's folded over material. So it's kind of doubled, yeah, doubled layers, over. Yeah. So then um, yeah. so for, for this um, mom who has a pooch, it it um, conceals it or pulls it in slightly. So I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I, okay. I think they seem very flattering on, on everybody I've seen wear mm-hmm. them. And I've seen them a lot, so. Yeah. I know. And we are, the, the height, dis, the, the difference between you and I and height, what are you, Amy, are you 5'3"? 
Oh, not quite. oh no, oh, no, 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 no. Do I have shoes on or not? <laughs> you can have I, small flip flops. Um, I am, I mean, just barely 5'1". Okay. All right. So, so we'll put the picture up of you, you wearing them from the retreat. You're wearing them. I'm wearing them. And then Sarah, who is our middle step, is wearing them. And they all, they look equally good on all of us. Um, so again, those are the bullet capris that we always raved about with the pockets. So you're wearing those um, even when it's really hot. Um, and then what do you wear on your, on your feet? What are your favorite pair of sock and shoes right now? Uh, I am, I'm switching between the um, Triumph ISOs. I mm-hmm. probably have the I have the most miles on those. I, I really like those. Um, they're cushy. They're I like the the liner. I mean I don't know all the technical terms about them, but they 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 seem light and they breathe. Um, so I've been doing most of my running in in those, and then I've got a pair of the Ride Sevens, which. I like just because they feel like for my longer runs, sometimes I'll put those on or if I'm going to be um, on some surfaces that are a little more uneven just because they feel a little little more substantial to me, like a more traditional kind of long training shoe, at least what I'm used to wearing. So, um, sure. and, I, and I like those. And, and then uh, I on trails, uh, I like the... Peregrine? Is that mm-hmm. how you say that? Yes, mm-hmm. it's a mm-hmm. bird. Yeah, it's um, a bird of prey, which is Sarah's favorite thing in this world. <laughs> it's a raptor. It's oh, a raptor. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Um, I I love those on the trail. Um, I, just on the trail, though, I, I I don't care for them on the pavement, but I know they're not made for that. But uh, but for trail, yeah. they're, no, they're nice. the traction. They're, they're light. awesome. Yeah. So it may not feel like it to you all the time right now, Amy, but um, but to us, and part of the reason why we picked you to be our AMR in Saucony is that you are a model mother runner of consistency and just getting it done, no matter what life throws at you. I mean, you work full time, you have three kids, um, six and under, um, and you haven't missed a marathon workout yet. And that's kind of a really um, high bar to, to clear, but we're just, we're, we're just curious, what's your secret? Like, what can you tell women that, that you do um, to kind of prioritize your workouts that, you know, might help them kind of click? Oh, uh, well, first of all, thank you for saying that. That was really, <laughs> that was really nice. Um, well, it's the truth. I, I wouldn't have said it if it mm-hmm. wasn't the truth. I mean, you do an amazing job. Um, well, uh, I think the, the main thing is, and like you guys have, have said too, is, you know, making yourself a priority. Um, on the days that I, I do that or, you know, make my health, um, an important thing on the list of things that, you know, I'm going to do, then I feel better about myself. I have more patience for my children. Um, and I'm not gifted with a bunch of that naturally anyway. So I need all the extra patience (laughs) I can get. Um, um, you know, when, when you feel good, um, it's, it's, radiates to all the other areas of your life um my running i mean i've said it before running i really believe helps me to be a better mom um just a better person nicer person to be around um and i don't know if there's any secret to that it's just you just do it um 
scheduling is sometimes an issue. Um, but when I go into a day with a plan instead of, you know, not having a plan, I, it just works out better. It was kind of like when I was in school and the times when I did play sports and I had more on my plate, um, I actually was more productive than, you know, the off seasons when I had extra free time and, um, didn't know what to do with myself. Um, I, having a schedule and just making yourself, um, a priority is, I think, the only way to kind of get through this mothering thing. So at least it is for me. <laughs> this mothering thing that lasts, you know, 18 years plus. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Right, right. Well, continued good success with your training, Amy. We will be thinking about you up there in the vacation land of the UP. And, and thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful to talk to you guys. All righty. Take care. Amy. What you want to do I think I could stay with you For a while Maybe longer if I do Well, it was fun talking with Amy. She, um... I, th- I definitely I wanted to be there and like bolster her up and like give her a pat on the back. I mean, I think she accomplishes so much and I think she doesn't realize it. I, I want to give her a, a boost of confidence in believing in herself a little more. So absolutely. Well, she also has that like Midwest, like, mm. it's all good. I ran today. I ran a marathon. It's kind of far, you know, <laughs> right. which is good. It takes all types. You know, yeah. sometimes you don't always get the rah, rah, rah. But, you know, mm-hmm. then, it, then when it comes out, you're like, sweet, look at what you did. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, going into our challenge corner, let's head over to the challenge corner, Dimity. Here we are. And we are joined by another Sarah. She's in the 10K challenge. She lives in Ontario, Canada. I actually just sent out a bunch of swag for those challengers in Canada. Takes a little extra effort, which I enjoy doing. So let me just add that. I enjoy shipping to Canada, even that extra effort. Right. Filling out that custom slip, marking it as a gift. So hopefully they don't have to bank duty. Oh, I hope that no one's listening. Um, so, so that Sarah says, Hey everyone, I'm wondering how you guys choose your routes. Do you use the same tried and true routes, map them in advance and then run, just go drive to interesting parts of town and run from there. And, um, she says she usually straps on her GPS and runs from home, but, um, until she reaches the halfway point and then turns around heads back, but she's getting tired of the places she can run from. So, um, when we were debating what to talk about in the challenge corner, I just, I'm always intrigued by how people find their roots and whether they do repeat the same thing over and over. And, and, um, yeah, I was kind of obsessed by roots the way that you are by children's names. Like those are your two things. And like, if if you want to get Sarah to talk, ask her about like kids' names, what you're going to name them and how you find a root. Yes. And food. I can always talk about food. Yeah. And flowers. Okay. Four things. Um, and so, um, so Jessica responded, she says, um, I tend to stick to the same routes. Um, mostly so routes or root. Um, we can go with either or either, <laughs> either okay. or tomato or tomato. Okay. I tend to Jessica. Here we go. Back to Jessica. I tend to stick to the same routes, mostly on the bike path in my small town because it's pretty flat and easy to get to. But she says, when I was in San Francisco for the first time last week, I used the routes plus global heat map feature in Strava to look at where people seem to be the most likely to run and to get an, to get an idea of whether it was a good idea to run in a certain area. I also just looked at the heat map for my own town. It looks like there must be a trail around a lake I've only ever visited by car. 
it might be time to figure out how to get on that trail. See, did and I, did I you just even th- know, Sarah, that Strava had No, I didn't. I was like, oh, that's fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, there goes another hour of procrastination, yeah, right? Well, I'm going to go spend some time with the heat map. But, oh, yeah. yeah. That's a great idea, especially when you go to a different city. It's so hard to know where to go. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, sometimes I'll just open up Google Maps on my phone and then, you know, kind of make it bigger and be like, oh, look, there's a there's a park, you know, three blocks from our hotel where we're staying or something like that. Yeah. So totally. I, thought, I thought that was so bright. And um, have I ever mentioned that sometimes I have dreams that I find a whole nother running route that I've never known existed right near my house? <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that about you, Sarah. Don't share your intimate dreams with me. That's, that's too much. That's, no, I'm just kidding. And it's so funny. Yeah, it's definitely deep in your consciousness. I, I, I mean, I like to think about running routes, but not at the, at the depth of which, which you do. It yes. Yes. So, and then um, Wendy Lee and Jendi Cope, jo- sorry, Jody Cope weighed in that they love running on trails. And um, Wendy does it because the pavement is tough on her knees. And, um, she said, Wendy says she tries to find more interesting routes for long runs. See, I switch between route and route. I just like to keep people guessing. Um, uh-huh. I check segments on Strava and map my run, and she scans terrain on Google Maps. Right there with you, Wendy. Um, right now with the long runs at four miles, I can't quite justify driving any further than 20 minutes um, to get in her run, but she looks forward to exploring trails further away with even longer runs coming up. Woohoo! Like that yeah, she also can't justify getting on the freeway. She lives in LA, which right. I thought was, I was like, that's total like California thing. Like, yeah. not going there. But yeah. um, that's great. And then Jody, who also, like you said, likes to run on trails. But this part got me. Um, she said, uh, if I happen to have a good enough book or podcast to listen to, I have been known to run around the track near my house up to 11 miles. Oh. Crazy, I know. But sometimes you just need to get the miles in without thinking too hard, which, you know, I get that for sure. I get that for sure. So are, are you daydreaming about the routes that you're going to run, Sarah, oh, that's, when you're oh, able to run? Natural segue. Um, the other day when I was laying on the um, acupuncture table and I was like, okay, I, I, I definitely try to visualize running because I know it is helpful in my recovery. And that, so I was like, okay, I'm going to visualize where I'm going to go on my first run back, my first run walk back, um, possibly next month in August, fingers crossed. Um, so I envisioned going, you know, um, heading uh, west and then when I'd meet up with Molly and then we'd go around this one park a couple times. And then the next day I was at my um, physical therapist because, you know, it's one appointment after another these days. <laughs> um, and so we got talking about that and, and I said, oh, I was daydreaming about where my first run, run back will be. And she's like, someplace soft. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh okay. And so she suggested, uh, yes, I think it's a great point. And the um, high school track that is about half mile from my house got recently got uh, a new surface on it and it is sweet. So, um, that's perfect too, because it's soft and then it's also not so interesting, which I mean, um, I do think like you get in a park and you're like, are you like, Oh, I just want to go check that out. Or mm-hmm. I'm going to go a little bit longer where if you're like, okay, my plan is to go 15 mm-hmm. seconds of running a minute of walking, whatever it happens to be like you're on the track. That's you're going to, Oh, it's easy to measure. Exactly. And yes. Your body mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so, it's, you know, if I think, oh, okay, quarter mile on, you know, quarter mile off, it's like, okay, one lap around <laughs> another yeah, one. Yeah. So, and uh, um, whoa, just, just, I, uh, I'll say just rein in that quarter mile when you're visualizing, <laughs> I would say a minute max, if less. Oh, come on. I can do a quarter mile. I'm in. No problem. Okay. okay. Especially on an injured body. Okay. Okay. Just setting your expectations. Just trying to help you out. Yes. Yes. But I know that I know you'll be a cheerleader for me, Dimity, which is our song today. It's by OMI. 
and it is upbeat, peppy, and the lyrics are all about the importance of having someone rooting you on, which is exactly what the challenge provides. So here is OMI. So that, that song reminds me of a quote I just read by Abby Wambach, the mm-hmm. U.S. soccer player. She said, you know, I never got an assist. I never, excuse me, let me put it the right way. I never made a goal without getting an assist from a teammate. And mm-hmm. I kind of feel like the assists come from everybody else in this challenge and the community, you know. But, I mean, it's so cool that we all just kind of are there rooting each other on. Yep. Given the assist. Yep, yep, yep. And no headers. No headers in running. <laughs> <laughs> So if you want some encouragement and and cheerleading, head on over to our Facebook page, which is Run Like a Mother the Book. We'd appreciate it if you would like it. We'd also love if you would follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at The Mother Runner. Our books are Run Like a Mother, Train Like a Mother, and Tales from Another Mother Runner, all available on Amazon and hopefully at your local independent bookstore. We Our websites, we have two of them, anothermotherrunner.com and motherrunnerstore.com. And uh, whether you are training for a marathon or going around a track because you're coming back from an injury, many happy miles to you. Because a marathon is a far way. <laughs>